Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, that is Eddie Vega. And that is Chibi Ordunia. And this is Words and Shit. Brought to you by The Blah Poetry Spot and Write Art Out. The show where you get to know the person behind the poetry. Eddie, I gotta say, one of my favorite things about poetry slam competitions, whether regional or national, is the nerd slam. Oh man, the nerd slam, yeah. And I've never competed in one because no. I, I don't feel like I have enough knowledge about one. Yeah, no, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I kind of feel like, see, here's the thing though, this is the other reason. I feel like there's some nerd bullies out there. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. shamelessly too, because I'll be that person in the audience where it'd be like, the fuck you mean you don't know that answer? I know that answer. <laughs> and I've only watched the show like three times. Um, so there's, it's this, it's this, intricate balance where like you either go up there and you slaughter or you go up there and you get shamed back right. into your little hole. Cause you don't know about that one series of Pokemon or you don't know that, uh, you know, I might like X-Men, but I'd have to like limit it to one specific nineties animated X-Men. Otherwise uh -huh. you're going to ask me a whole lot of something about some character. I just don't. Not no. just the, not just the animated X Men, but that one season. Oh that yes. you've watched like seven yeah. times. Yeah, right. That's all you can. Otherwise, yes, you will get slaughtered. Mm. Is there anything that you feel like you are nerd worthy? Um, no, I I see. This is why I don't enter this because I I would think I would like to say that I know Harry Potter. I've read the book several times, several times. Watch all. <laughs> I own the movies, and yet I know they're going to find a way. I'm going to like blank when i'm up there but the harry potter universe might be my thing maybe maybe, maybe. What, about, what about you so same thing reason why i haven't entered it i would think that i'm a rocky horror picture show nerd oh okay i was on a shadow cast for five years <laughs> so you, know the time warp. you can do the time warp again I, be, beyond the time warp <laughs> i i performed that movie every Saturday night for five years. You know how many times I've seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show? 52 times five times two, <laughs> okay? A lot. That's a lot, yeah, whatever that is, it's a lot. So I would think that I, I've got it, but then somebody would come up with like a, a, a question being like, what is the headline on the newspaper that Janet is wearing during, you know, uh, the song she sings as it's raining? And I'm, I'll be like, ah, I forgot because I did know it once, but um, I don't remember anymore. I'll blank because, like, right now I'm blanking on the name of that song. In the velvet darkness of the blackest night, there's a light. That's what it's called. Okay. See, so I nerd slams my favorite moments of of poetry competitions, but also easily this like far scarier than oh, yeah. most stage. intimidating scariest yes yes most intimidating space and we had a conversation with black chakra who mm -hmm. we've come to learn is one of the nerdiest of nerds oh yeah and yet won't enter into a nerd slam and we found out why well i'm hoping that after our conversation he will because that man showed all of us up all of America up in terms of his nerdiness. He's an Aquarius. So he just like dives right into things <laughs> and learns everything he can about subjects. So uh, that was one of the more entertaining parts of our conversation with him. But to say that any of our conversation with him was not entertaining would be a lie. That's right. So let's get right into it. Oh, I am so excited because tonight we got Black Chakra, a spoken word and hip-hop artist whose talents have been showcased on stages across America. And his time competing in Poetry Slam competitions, he's been a National Poetry Slam champion, Texas Grand Slam champion, Southern Fried Slam champion, and a plethora, that's right, plethora of other titles too long to list. Black <laughs> Chakra embodies the city of Baltimore through aggressive performance and incredible writing. Next to being the talented writer, that he is, what he takes most pride in is being a youth poetry teacher for Do More Baltimore, 
He helps Baltimore youth cultivate their talent and showcase it on national stages. And just like you said, we I haven't seen him. You haven't seen him in over a year. Uh, but he's an amazing artist. Uh, I love watching his videos and watching him live. So honored to have him on here with us today. In fact, one of the last times I saw him, the man almost threw a chair at me in the middle of a poem. So <laughs> I'm glad for social distancing. But ladies and gentlemen, welcome Black Chakra. <laughs> I wasn't ready for you to bring that up. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm, I'm going to start listing that uh, in my bio, just being like, and once he almost had a chair thrown at him by Black Chakra. <laughs> I was like ready in my mind to do a poem as soon as I came on, but then you said that <laughs> it broke my focus completely. We broke him. We broke him. <laughs> we broke Black Chakra. <laughs> okay. No, no, all joking aside, so excited to have you on here. Can't wait for this conversation. So all of that being said, let's start how we always do and hand the show over to you, sir. Bless us with some poetry. I pissed on a Confederate monument. I laughed when they told those rednecks they can't have their flag. You buck tooth, fuck your uncles, I punch you. I got Africa in my soul, so my Tim's buck too. Yeah, I'm ultra black. I'm Huey with Harriet's gun. With a cartridge for a white carcass, it sparks darkness. So when I say eclipse, that just means I bury your sons. I'm cotton field and common meals. I'm the burning slave ship in my mind. I'm sonogram. Joseph Sinke. I'm the sensei of the Sin City. I mastered how to maneuver through the pitfalls, the pitfalls. I'm a big boy. They ask why I play football. I tell them, enough of my niggas getting picked off. I seen goals turn to bullet holes when beef got kicked off. My homie Steven was murdered and his kills were wearing face masks when he was taken out. For when niggas are snatching shoes if the laces out. You a poet? You gonna have to be Tupac just to make that fake it out. So my options were Hail Mary or Hail Mary. You don't know how many blocks I ran through to escape that route. It's real, nigga. Avoided football my whole life. Still ended up in the field, nigga. I'm ultra black. That color as an action. I make a verb out of that word because you got to be better than everybody else. L's your rise, but never ask for help. See a better path, illuminate it, and make way. And when all that fails, you're left with two letters. AK. See, most days, I be praying for a good life. Should I settle for a good night where I'm not covered in blood or ending up on death row? You know the should nights. I'm a ghetto griot struggling to trust my brethren. I've grown colder. I could be walking down a street down in heaven and still look over my shoulder. Like some angel got an angle to get my wings clipped. So I make a deal with God to keep two things gripped. And I ain't seeing halo, I'm saying halo. I don't sing shit. I'm ultra black. No reason to be silent when my suffering is systematic. Why, after living through the diaspora or the dichotomy, would I be diplomatic? Because me, I'm the black and the best. I'm the crack in the flesh. Two terms describe me, a hazardous threat. Obsidian onyx, I'm midnight. But I'm waiting for 12 to strike me. I'm Spike Lee, directing police cam footage. My horror scene in HD, that's high death. I'm ultra black. The nigga unplugged from the matrix, but plugged in online to give my life support. I'm a fighting sport, an athlete of the back streets. I'm a star and I shine, but only at survival. And it's like that because I was a child in a home the wild and the king I would never be. I was raised with the hate that was deeper than hate in this kingdom by the sea. So do you understand my harshness? How I part lips and pain comes pouring out like Bro Harbors were a port of trade, descendant of slaves, so I should be ocean ready. I'm supposed to wash this trauma off in a manner that seems fit. But I come from contaminated waters. So excuse me if whenever I see sick, I'm from the city of cold victims. Where alcohol turned young men into old niggas irony. In their 20s, they clutching 40s. and their 40s, can't hold liquor. Death got an aroma. Drugs own us. High school became a case of rolling papers. Like, which one you want, the blunt or the diploma? I know. Dark thoughts. But years of murder and conflict turned me slightly gothic. God ignored the children of Baltimore till we became agnostic, exercised the Jesus out of us. So I don't think the cross fit. I know gangbangers like pagans, crips paying for life with blood, sacrifice with a raven is the gunshots knocking at your chamber door. But I can take the tapping that'll leave your ass napping from get a war that go on forever or turn your tomorrows into never more. Well, we need change to change, but only receive little. Never more. And when big money comes, it goes to the whites. Never more. We the niggas. The people they never put a check out for, living in conditions that the city never checks out for, but built a supermarket off our income, so maybe it's ourselves we got to check out for. Every mayor is a thief and a damn liar. I'm dodging the shootouts and the damn fires. Every new friend is a possible vampire. Basically, you got to watch who you stick your neck out for. We the ultimate in the urban decay, but you don't understand the rot. 
I'm trying to pull my niggas off the rock like Camelotta. Stop them from breaking hammers down like it's Ragnarok. Niggas spilling plasma over a Magnavox. Over a used condom, they'll let a Magnum pop. Oh, yeah, they popping on you. Masked up, gloves on them. Look like they got corona. And what am I? A poet carrying my friend's bodies over overdoses. Inking my poems in blood like the hands of Lady Macbeth. My performance immortality is attached to mortality. The morgue is what pays my mortgage. Welcome to this house of horrors I've built. I'm a John Carpenter, but if I don't tell these tales, they'll be lost like the ghost of my friends who vividly visit me like Scrooge on Christmas Eve because I'm the only nigga who can spit their eulogy. A reminder, no matter how many, no matter how large I get, I'll always be a medium. I'm gonna spit the truth for those who can no longer be. A city full of ghosts. Writers who bring their rhymes to me. And though I might be thankful for all the things that I may be, it would cheat the dead if I ain't speak on this kingdom by the sea. And you know, because of that, those conditions I grew up in, I'm I really just I'm always forced to ask, like, what must I go through to show you shit is real? And I ain't really never give a fuck how niggas feel, so get at me. I done mastered skill. I'm a fucking guru with this mass appeal. You go to a slam like, I really hope I win. I go to a slam like, what's higher than a 10? It's cliche to say that I'm fired from the pen, but I'm more like a bullet that's been fired from the pen. But in the book, I'm embedded. I edit so I fuck up my caresses like I'm fired from the pen. That's what y'all do. Your wordplay, cliche, middle school stage. My wordplay, Broadway, New York, strip steak, raw, Monday night, wrestling with my uncle to put the smack down, crack shit, no, crack shit, troubled waters, ocean blues, muddy waters, howling wolves, every corner where a lichen lead to a silver bullet, so I skin the monster, werewolves, touch of mink, on the streets is bah, 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 if my boys don't bend, we're in sync, rolling deep, we're Adele, computer click, knobs buffering, reload the clip, shooter shit, get around the block, Rubik's Cube, colors don't belong in certain spots, you're Numbers up when 12 is on the clock. Except know what they're punching out. If they grade us, I'm an A plus, you're a high C. Don't ask me what this punch is about. I got the juice. Not Shakuro, not Pac. I'm a Sada. I'm a shot of Dread Me. I am drama, TNT. I don't blow up, always there. I fell down Lauren Hill if I don't show up. At slams, I split groups in half just so y'all can grow up. And when I go to open mics, I dissect an open mic, spew flame, broken mic, leave you with a smoking mic, nigga. If you're dead nice, I'm a fucking poltergeist. Poetry is what you profit with. It's what I profit with. You got a nice flow. I'm ice cold. We are polar opposites. Like I said, a master is here. Video views viral. I got the type of aura that an atmosphere. They talking best poet nominations. This is world domination. I bring the Atlas sphere. Thanks to these bars, everybody knows my name. You don't have to cheer. We're not friends. Ain't nobody mad about you. You're just a growing pain. That's why poets get mashed and burnt like Notre Dame. Dash from these acapellas get split in half. Rockefeller, I'm UFO meets UFC. And I'm ill. CDC. Now I'm dragging. DBZ. We're not in the same class. GED. I carry spoken word on my back until my disc crack. DVD. I know my homeboy's in heaven because when drugs took his life, I watched a G-O-D. So spare me with this who's the best talk. I'm tired of you rolling with that. Trust fall, nigga. Ain't nobody holding me back. Get at me. Whew. And, you know, it doesn't. It hurts to be so confrontational with people. I don't, I don't want to be. But I, I just keep getting so mad at everything, bro. I be so mad at everything. And they be mad. They be asking me why I'm mad, too. I got so many reasons to be mad. Like, cash. Money. Like, cash rules everything around me. I be a consumer. Consume products till they consume me. I got an apartment I pay for that I ain't never at, except for quarantine. Now, now I'm always, I'm always here. I got an apartment I pay for that I ain't never at. Do so much for my phone that I become an app. But I ain't no boss, because I work for my money. But it still don't work for me. I ain't found a smile attached to a check. I bought six pairs of joints. Ain't found happiness yet. What is cash? But trading cars with slave masters, images, irony. We all want dead presidents, but get our taxes robbed of the one that's still living. And that don't make sense. And if I make sense, I'm not a man. My masculinity got a dollar sign attached to it like a cash app name. Weird, because I've never been Venmo love. I can't pay piles when the streets only pay you a pals. So I got to rob Peter to pay Paul to pay Peter to pay God, because even heaven costs. But I thought the point of money was to play God. They say God don't like rich people. He don't like the poor ones either. 
I'm as poor as Jesus. Every month, I perform a miracle to keep my funds in order. Walk on an ocean of debt. Spit so much poems for money that my mouth has become a collection plate. But if these poems are for cash and aren't for mass, aren't I still a prophet? Trust in God and God I trust, but it's hard to trust in God when he ain't had nothing to my trust. How am I not worth a dime when there was a time when my skin was the currency? So money don't grow on trees, it just gets lynched from me. Just get spent on them. Niggas spoken weed trying to get high enough to blow away the pain. You see, poverty is the father who can't afford your Christmas gift, but capitalism is the uncle who sits you on his lap for a couple of bucks. So either way, your presence is fucked. And it's all because of cream. Creates ruthless, evil American monsters. Can't rest even a moment. Fucking mummy, money I can't remember even actually making. Cash rules everything around me. Like my dollar is a collar around my neck, unlike a bill. It ain't no change for that. Last piece. Um, rest in peace to uh Chadwick. Rest in peace to Kobe. Black Panther and Black Mamba. Both gone, but and thinking about their legacy, I'm remembering Kobe. So I, I think about courts and how niggas be balling. Until they try to blaze you. No, I, I think about uh, the activists and how they lake us. So between the blood of the martyrs and the bodies in the waters, I think about courts. How niggas be running through courts. You got to steal to get the steal. You don't get the pump fake. It's pump base, pump shot. You want to rise, you die as soon as you try. Jump shot. I think about eights, 24s. And how 846 is murder plus 22 more. I think about Tamir, how he was 12. And then 12 doubled his age when he ate 24. What's your life expectancy? 824? I think about I think about last shots, buzzer beaters, and how that correlates to us out here trying to beat the buzzards. When I think about Chadwick, I think about Black Panthers and how they die. Like like Fred Hampton and how he died in the bed with his baby. What kind of shit is that? Or or Brianna in the bed with her baby. What kind of shit is that? Or, or how cops get off with vibranium laws. What kind of shit is that? I think about comics and how our death be a joke to them, how they illustrated our stories. So we don't get drawn, we get drawn on. And then our cases get drawn out. There I go talking about courts again. When they be tossing our freedom like free throws, how can you want to help your people but still end up over that cliff? Then I think about the past, how you can want to help your people and still end up dead over that balcony, man, this shit stings. They stood over Martin's body like, this your king? I'm sorry. This poem's supposed to be a eulogy for Kobe and Chadwick, but halfway through it, my ink turned to Jacob Blake's spinal fluid. How can I mourn when it seems like I was born for funeral? My tears could fill a Grand Canyon. I'm being crushed under this color that causes crucifixion. So tell me, how do I be holy when I'm getting crucified? How do I stay neutral while I'm being neutralized? How do I remain human while being dehumanized? Why I'm supposed to care that they burnt down a target when I am one? You know what? I don't even care for the answer, dog. Because that's the child of past that constituted me reading the Constitution. I've added a Panther Clause. America don't want us to be the heroes. So I say they give them villainy. I ain't feeling peace. Cops knock on my door. I'm feeling for my peace. And I ain't feeling your odds. You want a race war with the children of God? Fine. Come get holy. Come get baptized in bullets. I ain't thinking about scores and movie awards. I'm thinking of wars and how to even the score. Thank you for gifting us with this crown of chaos that's circular, like the pain we've been living through. And it's never ending. And I know exactly who I'm going to give it to. No love. We don't get to live in harmony? Fine, let's meet at the crossroads. I want your bone thugs. Respect, revenge is the only way to make us royal again. So I say that's what we bring. I'm tired of this peaceful panther shit. Killmonger is king. What's the most performing? Like you know, we've got different. We've had different styles on here. Sometimes I feel just like, like wow, like I have this sigh because like it's it's you know it's <laughs> after you I feel tired is what I do. So like I mean, there's so much there, and that's a lot to think about. You know. Yeah. Um, so thank you. I, yeah, that. that was uh, I think the most energy I've seen someone have while sitting down. Uh, <laughs> I know anytime I've like tried to do a feature or something like that, I can't. I'd like prop prop my computer up on top of a bunch of boxes and have to perform standing because it just it doesn't work out that way for me. But um you are a phenomenal 
wordsmith, you know, and, and going back through seeing videos of your poems from the past to like refresh, because again, we haven't seen you in over a year and listening to those right now, the way you weave words and ideas together is impeccable. So I'm curious, what are your influences? Like, how did you get to the style of writing that you have now that is so intricate and purposeful? I have to say this, this was actually my, Chibi and I don't usually tell each other what question we're gonna ask. And I, this is gonna be my first question too. Uh, I'm a little, Clearly, the world one needs to know. <laughs> how long to, to add to that question? How long have you been at it? Well, I answer that question first. I've been um, writing since I was eight years old, okay. and um, I'm 31 now, so about 24 years, 23. Um, Hip hop was my main influence okay. when I first started. Um, my cousin Cortina introduced me to hip hop. Not that I hadn't heard it before, but she introduced me to the idea of actually doing it. And my father was big on me studying what I do. So I started reading lots of books. And then reading, you learn there's not a lot of books that tell you about how to be a hip hop lyricist. So hours of studying, <laughs> hours of studying. I would listen to MC, I wouldn't come out the house. I would tell friends I was punished. My mother would be like, why are you telling people you punished? I'm like, I'm not, I just need to say it home. And I would just listen to a mixtape and try to figure out how this person put that word together. I would spend hours thinking of how words came together. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I developed my style, learning how to stack words, listening to different lyricists like J.M., Big L, Biggie. So hip hop is where my main influence comes from. And then a lot of Baltimore poetry. Baltimore poetry is a very strong sound and aesthetic as far as like power and like lyricism and rhyme and performance. So I get a lot of it from that too. Mm -hmm. Can you maybe expand a little bit for those who aren't familiar with like Baltimore poetry? Cause again, we're down here in the South, Eddie and I, uh, like why that is, why is that so prevalent in the poetry of that city? I think it has a lot to do with our close proximity to New York and Philly. <laughs> okay. Um, very strong hip hop cities. Um, so naturally most of our lyricists would be like very like hip hop, influenced and to describe it we we call it the fire nation so firebending is when your lyricality your wordplay rhyme you're one of those type poets this is the place where firebenders live all my all the top poets when i was growing up were the rhymers the lyricists the ones with the wordplay i would say i'm a slight evolution of those uh, the, the Lamar Hills, Archie the Messengers, Eat a Poet MCs, Love the Poet. I'm a slight evolution of them. However, it um, the style and the it just it just sells more here. I don't know what it is about that hip hop influence. It's, we like to hear MCs, but it, only when they're not MCs. It's really <laughs> <laughs> how yeah. important is uh, Baltimore to your poetry and to your to your life? Like what? What is it? What you know? How important is it? And what is it about the city that that you know that, that you bring out? My city has a twofold uh, importance to me. One, because I do love living in Baltimore, despite the horrors, despite the things that you hear about from Baltimore, despite the wire, um, which is quite the accurate show, believe it or not. Uh -huh. um, I do love it here. I do love the people. I love the culture. I've, I've had a lot of happy memories and it built me as the poet and the person I am. And I'm thankful to be both of those. But the twofold then becomes the poets here. I don't represent myself. I represent the hopes, the work, the dreams of other poets from the city, both who inspired me and that I am now inspiring. And I'm using their energy as well. Like I am not myself because I did this alone. I did a lot of it, but Slankston Hughes helped me a whole lot. Lamar Hill helped me a whole lot. Carlos Muhammad helped me a whole lot. Love the Poet helped me a whole lot. Eat a Poet MC helped me a whole lot. All these people, Rebecca Dupas helped me a whole lot. All these people put their hands into making sure that I was this good of a poet. That's why there'll be what some would consider lesser poets. And I would, I'm not going to shit on them or make fun of them because I'm like, 
bro, so many chefs had to put into the pot to actually make me good that I don't know who I would be without all their help and influence. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason why my city is so important to me because all these people took their time to help me become this. And I just want to show them how appreciative I am. I love that. Uh, now you did mention in uh, your poem or in the in an intro to your poem uh, that you you're mad a lot. And I'm curious, just quick quick question that may lead into a rabbit hole. What's your star sign, bro? I'm an Aquarius. I knew it. Called it. My husband's an Aquarius. I just I was like, he's probably an Aquarius. I get this because Aquariuses are known to just like so passionately feel something like in one direction, right? And just like throw yourself entirely into something. So is that a common theme in your life where you just like go 100% in one direction? Uh, Yes, I am. uh, I am very tunnel vision. mm -hmm. When I have it in my head, I'm going to do something. I focus on nothing else. Makes dating very difficult. <laughs> Trust me, I know. Lately, you, I remember that was a there's that was two or three days ago. You asked on Facebook uh, if you were going to date me, what advice would you give? You <laughs> good answers on that. So, <laughs> so yeah, it was the question was uh, what would you tell? What advice would you give somebody who was going to date me? Somebody was like, if y'all get married. Uh, don't write your own vows because he's going to turn it into a competition. <laughs> and I've only met this brother like once. And I was like, how do you know that? <laughs> Accuracy. Like some people were like, one dude, my, my man Manja, he was like, well, I would say don't be, you know, if you're going to be a poet, be a dope poet with bars. And matter of fact, don't be a poet. <laughs> so, those were some hilarious answers. I think that's a really great segue into this conversation, this question from Ebony Stewart. She asks, when are you going back to battle rap? Well, I am very battle rap influenced. Like I love battle rap. Like I was watching battle rap before y'all called, before we did this, like battle rap's my shit. I love the wordsmiths of it naturally with their, their ability. You're talking about street guys who, you know, don't, haven't picked up the books I've picked up and stuff like that, but their usage of poetry of double entendres and execution is so beautiful. So I will always be a fan of battle rap, but to do battle rap, essentially, essentially you have to stand in front of another black (laughs) and tell him that you're going to kill him and all these horrific things you're going to do to him. I do not desire to do that. Hmm. As much as I love boxing, I would it would break my fucking soul if I had to hit another man continuously every week, every year. Like I don't that's not something I want to do. I like to use my art to heal, not harm. And battle rap would be me using it to harm. I don't feel like that's what my gift is for. Also, you battle, the best bars you use in that battle, they're they're in that battle. You can't use them again. I don't like that shit. (laughs) (laughs) You can only say that line once. Fuck that. Um, <laughs> now, what about battle poetry? Are you more inclined to do that? And I'll explain that now. The thing about me bringing the battle rap style to spoken word is here, I do it and I stand out. In battle rap, I would just be blending in. Mm. So in spoken word, when I use this style, I allow myself to, oh, I'm introducing a new way to go about doing poems. If I went into battle rap, did some of the things I do, they people be like, "Yeah, this is this is what battle rappers do." So, mm-hmm. yeah, as far as battle poetry, how combative I am with the writing, the way I craft like a battle rap, and then even like challenging poets one on one. Yeah, I'm gonna keep doing that stuff because <laughs> poetry poetry needs something different. I decided that years ago. Like, poetry needs a new type of thing. I was uh, so I was standing at my grandmother's because after the house fire, I had to go live with my grandmother. And my grandmother didn't have internet, so nothing to do, genuinely. So one night, I'm laying on the floor, because that's where I slept. Um, I'm, I'm laying on the floor, and I'm thinking to myself, why is it poetry where, every, where it should be? And I was like, characters. The reason wrestling is wrestling is because characters. Boxing, Muhammad Ali was a character. Mayweather was a character. It's like somebody's got to bring characters to this shit. And I was like, well, somebody to bring a character to spoken word. First, people would have to actually believe that they were good. So you have to sell them that they were good. They'd have to actually have championships behind them. 
they'd actually have to be willing to be hated by other people because no one's going to like a guy that goes around challenging people. And I said to myself, well, who the fuck is going to do all that? And then it hit me. <laughs> You're like, me? <laughs> yep. I was like, why not? I, <laughs> it's you. I, I totally get the feeling. I, I get it every time I walk into like a page poetry, poetry reading where they're like, oh, this is different. Oh, my God. You know, and it's like, yeah, it's just, you know, it's spoken word. It's, it's a totally different art form. But being able to kind of like marry mutual art forms is what kind of sets you apart, you know? Um, you kind of touched on it a little bit. It's like, what is poetry missing, right? You've been in SLAM for a while. You've won multiple accolades, right? You came to Texas and stole a belt buckle. <laughs> Well-deserved, actually. You earned that belt buckle. Always going to go get it. He's going to go get the belt buckle. Anybody <laughs> watching that doesn't know, Texas Grand Slam is a Texas poetry competition, and the winner gets a belt buckle. Uh, yeah, I told them I need a little bit more than that. So instead, I had them make me a championship wrestling belt. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk about wrestling, too. Um, uh oh. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. But so my question is, you know, this pandemic has definitely put Slam kind of on hold, on pause. Uh, Nationals hasn't happened in over two years now. Southern Fried went digital with a, you know, avatar-esque world. Um, there's now all these virtual slams that like, I've been to a few and it just is different. It's weird. Um, what do you see the future of slam? Where do you see the future of slam going? Both, I guess, now in the virtual world and in the future when the world opens up again, if. So I have an interesting perspective. And I could be wrong because I'm not Nostradamus. But there's going to be an interesting influx. A lot of poets found a new voice because they could finally make it to poetry events without leaving their house. They finally had the courage to sign up because they're not essentially in front of a group of people. It's going to be different. And then the brother Brandon Leak winning America's Got Talent. Spoken word is technically the most, the, 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 the top talent in America right now. Mm -hmm. I'm, I think we're going to have a large influx of people, but they're all going to lose fucking terribly. <laughs> Why? Why? because there are lies that this thing tells you that don't work in front of an audience. Mm. Uh, I've seen online slams where some dude was reading quietly off their paper and people, the judges are watching this on their phone. They're like, oh, the poem's not bad. They're reading it off their paper, but you know, they're sitting at home. That ain't gonna cut it when you stand in front of a, listen, I've had to stand in front of you, Chibi. Um, I've had to slam you the amount of energy, the amount of performance, the amount of storytelling that you have to go against when you have to go against a Chibi or Dunya. Like it's not, that's not some shit you just read off paper. Mm. All these, there's a lot of people who've been getting this false self-worth coming from online slamming. And I'm just like, I hate to break your hearts, but if you're not, it's going to be different when we get back on stage. Like one of the things you said earlier, was like, I've never seen so much energy while someone was sitting down. That's because I perform like there's an audience. I always going to, I'm always going to, I can't ever like forget. And whenever I get a chance to get in front of an audience, I go the fuck off. I'm exercising. When the NBA was off for before it came back uh, in the middle of COVID, you would see online pictures of LeBron James working out. I'm doing the same thing. I'm writing new pieces. I'm memorizing new pieces. I'm practicing new pieces constantly, consistently. Why? Because I know when slam comes back, there's going to be two types of poets. Poets who ain't done shit and are completely not ready and poets who have written 9,000 fucking poems and are coming to win the individual world poetry slam. So I think slam's going to be very interesting really soon. But I, I want to tell all these new people who are going to lose very badly that you are welcome. <laughs> And we're going to be very happy to have you. The line starts behind me. Oh, all right. 
Because I was going to ask you that. I mean, I think you kind of answered it, but like, um, do you think there are there's a number of poets out there who have are going to be losing their chops because they're not in front of audiences and they're um, they're not. Even depends. I don't. And I'm not saying this because the motherfuckers in front of me. I don't see a Chibi or Dunya losing their props. I've seen Chibi spit for an open mic. I've seen Chibi spit for a slam. Same powerful motherfucker. See what I'm saying? There are there are poets like Ed Mabry, who I've been seeing him on certain online slams, still very much Ed Mabry. I think it depends on the poet. Because this this quarantine is going to expose a lot of people. There are people who are like, ugh. I've been going, I've been forming the same poem for six years, but I never have time to write. And the quarantine happened and they haven't written a single poem. Those are the people I worry for losing their chops. Because it was mm-hmm. like, oh, competition was all it was for you in the first place. That's the only reason you wrote poems. I write poems because I'm a writer. I wasn't competing this whole year. Like, I didn't go out for my team this year. I didn't slam in Baltimore. I did one slam before quarantine. It was a one-on-one. Uh, between me and Roddy. That's it. And I've still been consistently writing pieces because it's my career. It's my job. It's it's how I pay my rent, damn it. But also I'm a writer, which is why I chose it to be a job. So I think those poets, those poets who like never took writing seriously, never cared about putting the effort in, yeah, they're going to have a problem. People like yourself, Wayne Henry, I think they're going to be fine. <laughs> I think too, it's, it's going to be I totally agree with what you're saying where like people that are coming out of the woodworks to now like participate in slams on the virtual stage might get a very rude awakening when it comes to the real world. But I also think that's kind of the idea where, you know, uh, the phrase iron sharpens iron, right? You come out, you get a rude awakening. Now you got to work, right? Now you start to better yourself, right? Absolutely. So that's nice. I went to an open mic in my city. We have one that's back. It's social distancing and masks. But um, a poet from out of town came. And I, I have respect for this brother. He's pretty good. hes I don't know how long he's been in the game, but I know it hasn't been very long, but he's pretty good. I was going to go get on stage and do a new poem that I'm practicing for a feature I have on Sunday. I saw this guy was there. I said, oh, nope. Got to <laughs> show uh, the out of town is what we do here. So because of that, I was like, nope, I'm about to perform my ass off, kill the stage, leave nothing left. Mm. And make it hard for him because that's that's what poets did to me. And I think it builds you. I think it builds you. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't build you, I don't think you're meant for poetry. Mm-hmm. Poetry's hard. Mm-hmm. Especially in venues kind of like that, like San Antonio, Heckledome, Budo Slam. Like- oh, yeah, I heard. Sarah <laughs> Tim has told me about that shit. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah. Slam's hard for me in a predominantly black city, and I'm a black lyricist who rhymes. I can't imagine how hard slam is for a trans woman. Mm. I can't imagine how hard poetry is for a Spanish person who identifies with the LGBTQ spectrum in front of a Texas audience. <laughs> like, I can't imagine that. So poetry is just poetry is hard for me, and I'm in a good position. But then again, I go to Seattle, Spokane. Poetry is very, very hard for me. Mm-hmm. So because of that, yeah, I'm under the belief that poetry is not supposed to be easy. Mm, I like that. So go ahead and uh, brag on yourself a little bit. You mentioned you know you got you've been practicing on f- for some upcoming features. You got some upcoming shows. What you got in in yeah. in the tuck? So in Baltimore, uh, first I want to shout out. Uh, two weekends ago, I was in St. Louis for a feature and it was great. Uh, right now, Xander William organized it and I had a great time. It was it was good to get back on stage. Oh my God, it, it was good to be a feature again, going out of town, traveling. I mean, this is, this is the shit I love about poetry. I wasn't, my parents were very poor mentality. They never traveled, we never went, I didn't go to an amusement park till I was 22. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I would even travel if it wasn't for poetry, you know what I'm saying? Poetry is probably the reason I leave the house. Um, really? Um, <laughs> this Sunday I have this event called Illicit Poetry. Um, it's in my Instagram, Black Chakra 88 and, uh, comment on there and I can send you the event bright. If you live in Baltimore, it's a seven o'clock showing and an eight thirty showing. So it's basically me doing the show twice. Uh, most of the money is coming towards me and the venue and I've written a slew of new pieces. I'm interested to see what people think. Uh, as soon as I get off with y'all, I'll be working on memorizing all of them again. 
constant practice. Mm -hmm. And on the 30th, I have a show, um, which is in, uh, I think, Hartford County, Maryland. Now, this is a very interesting show because there ain't no fucking poetry out there like that. So, essentially, I'll be, like, introducing them to spoken word, spoken word. And I think it'll help if my Baltimore audience could come with me and be like, oh, this is normal. Don't worry. It, him screaming to <laughs> the police, this is perfectly normal. <laughs> I know. He doesn't have a piece of paper. I, I get it. It's weird. Go with it. So... Those are some of the things I have coming up. Yeah, it's always good to have, you know, people in the audience that are familiar with your work to, like, let the rest of the audience know, like, it's okay to yell at him, too. You can yell back. <laughs> so there, there's, uh, you know, there, there's a whole lot of other, uh, when, you're, when you're at a big slam, a big festival, there's other types of poetry out there uh, that people enter into uh, competition for. Uh, and one of those is the Nerd Slam. And uh, you um, know so much about comics, about movies, <laughs> about rap and hip hop. You could nerd on a whole bunch of things, but I have never seen you at a, in, in, entered at a single Nerd Slam. And I'm wondering why. Well, I am a nerd of many things, as you said. I haven't lost a game of seen it in 17 years. Okay, that's an exaggeration. It's been 15 years. Um, I usually kill my friends at movie trivia very violently. Not even, not even close sometimes. Um, but I'm a nerd of many things. So when the nerd slam comes up, I never know what to choose. Mm. And then I feel like whatever I choose... <sighs> You, I told you about the tunnel vision. Now I got to go hard and study everything. Like one year I was going to say my nerd knowledge is Buffy season three. <laughs> just season three. Just season three. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I love all of Buffy. No, no, but, but season, season three was a good one. I remember. Oh, God. Season three. So I, I watch it like at least three times a year. As a matter but also, I'm but also that's that's the trick to like winning at the nurse time is you got to be hyper specific. You can't just say like, oh, Batman. Because that opened yeah. you up to the entire canon, right? Exactly. <laughs> I was, I'm not going to say no names. Fuck it. I was at Nerd Slam 2016 at Nationals. And this, this, uh, this white dude was like, Batman, 1989 movie. I said, okay, that's specific. <laughs> they asked him who played Harvey Dent, and he ain't know. <laughs> you should have seen me in the audience. Oh, I was a steaming motherfucker. I, I was like, what? Billy D. Williams! How can you forget the smoothest motherfucker? Lando Calrissian played Harvey Dent. <laughs> and I was so angry. That's ugh. That's another thing. I'd be like the angriest spectator at the fucking Nerd Slam because I'd be knowing some of the answers. I'd be like, last year at uh, Southern Fried Nerd Slam, they said, Tommy has been the White Ranger, the Green Ranger, but name... Uh, another color he's been, which is red and black. Right? Yeah, right. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen, these are very easy questions for me. <laughs> very easy questions for me. Nope, couldn't come up with the answer. I, I fucking screamed. Somebody got asked, somebody got asked about the dialogue of a cartoon, and this nigga gonna say, he said, name, they said, this is the question, I remember. They say, name one of the cartoon characters who had lines in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm, I remember this one. This I was pissed too. Say, Tom and Jerry. <laughs> they ain't got lines in their own show. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, come on, Tweety Bird, you know, Porky Pig. No, Bugs and Mickey. Oh my God. It, Fucking Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny share a scene. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. So Dude, then this nerd shit just get on my nerves, bro. <laughs> so my then let's part let's part. put you on the spot because um Oh shit, see, 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 now 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 I'm about to get fried. Let's go. Uh-huh. All right. So my husband's a bit of a comic book nerd as well. So I asked yeah, him yeah. To, Huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh he came up with five serious nerd questions, okay? And we I narrowed it down. 
<laughs> we narrowed it down to X-Men and Superman. Okay. All right. So here's the first one. Referencing Fox's 2000 edition of X-Men, you know, those original first three movies, who was Brian Singer's first choice for the role of Wolverine? Oh, I know the answer to this, and I'm still going to get it wrong. Was it Mel Gibson? It was Russell Crowe. Ah, that would have been a fucking terrible movie. It would have been terrible, and he actually was... <laughs> that's what I said when I found so, out. See, look, I knew it was an Australian. <laughs> I just didn't know which one. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Mel he actually recommended Hugh Jackman. So... There you go. There you go. That's dope. All right, switching to Superman real quick. There is a curse associated with the Superman movie production similar to Poltergeist movie productions. Name three actors who have had who have either died or experienced some serious life-altering accidents that have all been part of the Superman. George Reeves movie. killed himself. Christopher Reeves was crippled by the uh, horse, and. Brandon Roth does not have a career anymore. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. We also had Marlon Brando on here and Lee Turgley, I believe. Okay. Um, no, not that one. That one's way too complicated. Wait, let me hear it at least. Let me hear it at least. <laughs> Across all media outlets, who has played the most? Who has played Superman the most? Across all media outlets. All Main media. Show. Huh? Main television show as well? Television, movie, radio, all of it. Video Cartoons, game. live action. Well, Jesus. I mean, Christopher Reeves did four movies. But technically, uh, Henry Cavill has done Batman vs. Superman, uh, Man of Steel, Justice League. So he's only done three films, so we can't count him. Well, wouldn't it be Tom Welling because he played Superman for 10 years on television? So the answer is there were two. For television, it would have been George Newbern, who did the voiceover in the ah. cartoons Justice League, Superman and the Elite, Justice League Unlimited. Wait, or, that can't possibly be over Tom Welling. Or, or if you count radio, it would be Bud Collier's who did 2,088 episodes of The Adventures of Superman in an 11-year run. Oh, no, that, that nigga win. That nigga win. <laughs> that nigga win. All right, but two more. Minute. So the voice, then again, there were multiple seasons of Superman. It was from the year 2000 the to 2019. That's 19 years of cartoons. God damn, he has been doing voice work that long. Mm. And there are multiple seasons of Justice League. Well, oh, okay. No, that makes sense. That wasn't right. a very complicated question. I love it. One more, one last question. In the 2000 Fox storyline of X-Men, which fostered relationship, which relationship between characters was never referenced? And I'm sure there's more than one, but. Um, never referenced by the characters who were in it because. Never even acknowledged that it happened, but it did happen in the comics. Several, you've got Mystique actually being uh, Nightcrawler's mother. Um, you have the relationship between Gambit and Rogue, which just never happened on screen. You have, they didn't mention Wolverine and Sabretooth being brothers until the Wolverine movie. So the, in the original trilogy, even though he fights Sabretooth in the first movie, was never brought the fuck up. We never bring up the fact that Charles Xavier and the Juggernaut are actually brothers. Um, if you want to go into some some nerd shit or the fact that Captain America and Wolverine are two of the people who helped Magneto out of the concentration camp as a child. It's just a whole bunch of shit. Like Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> though we find out in first class that Havoc is clearly Scott Summers brother because you know, the names and shit like that in the comic books, uh, Havoc is the younger brother and they never bring up their father Corsair, who was the leader of the star jammers. Mm. That, I mean, those are all perfectly valid. The one that my husband wrote was the, and that's why he said foster relationship, the relationship between Mystique and Rogue, mm -hmm. where she actually brings her up and then she goes and steals Captain Marvel's power and becomes like this like evil thing and then finds Charles Xavier and is like, ah, oh, save me, I don't want to be evil. <laughs> right, that shit just 
Rogue went from one of the most powerful woman icons in the cartoon comic book lexicon to this random country chick with a streak in her hair. Yeah. And I'm like, no, like as soon as Captain Marvel came out, all I kept doing was this: count your fucking days, <laughs> count your fucking days. That was. I, I hate those moves. That Captain Marvel movie. I can't wait for Rogue to touch her ass. But that was, <laughs> and that's why I didn't even ask the fifth question because the fifth question was: where can a crossover be anticipated in regards to the Rogue and post Fox buyout? Captain Marvel too. See, yeah. you're good. Go get her, baby. Go fucking get her. I miss you in the challenge. I need to see you in the next Nerd Slam. All right, I'm yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, was what, what? What about the absence of Jubilee? Period. In those, she's not absent. Well, she actually deleted off of scenes in X two, and yeah. she is in a scene in X Men: Age of Apocalypse. The absence of them giving a fuck about her character completely real. All right. <laughs> so, and for the next nerd slam, that's all we're saying. You got to get in there. You yeah. got to get in there. I don't know if Elja's watching, but if he is, um, then. Oh, LJ, no, he my heart. Yo, LJ, my hero. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about something else that, that you are a huge fan of. Uh, wrestling. I got a two-part question. One, quick answer. How long have you been watching wrestling? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have been watching wrestling since I was five years old. Okay. So then two, what is or was the golden age of wrestling? The the best years. Listen, man. <laughs> I got my opinion. So this is a very hard question to ask me specifically. I saw a post in this nerd thing I follow because I'm on a lot of nerd pages on Facebook, naturally. And it was like nobody hates wrestling more than wrestling fans. And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> Because, you know me, I hate everything, bro. I hate everything. Um, that being said, <clears throat> for most people my age, they will say the golden age is the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. And the Attitude Era is a hell of an age. I mean, WWE, WWF was producing its best specifically because they were going against WCW. I have a whole conspiracy theory about that. I'll explain that later some other mm-hmm. time. Um, Monday Night Wars, yes. Yeah, Monday Night Wars. But... And, you know, that's where, you know, they lost a lot of their, their mainstays. I mean, Bret Hart left. Shawn Michaels broke his back, had to leave. Fucking Hogan, Macho Man, all these names that wrestling was built on were, like, gone. And um, so they had to build new stars. And they built The Rock, Stone Cold, Triple H, Mankind. So many people would say the Attitude Era. Me? It's the 80s. Mm. The and 80s. Why? Why? One, Hulk Hogan turned this shit into a religion. You got to remember, man, wrestling wasn't watched by children. Wrestling was watched by men who went to go see a circus spectacle. And but then one day people turned on their television and this guy said, hey, I want you to say your prayers and eat your vegetables. And parents are like, oh, shit, I say the same thing. But because (laughs) he's 300 pounds of muscle, they're going to listen to him. He made wrestling mainstream. But also... That's where you got the greatest character. I mean, Flair and what he did with the four horsemen, mm-hmm. the promo cutting. Like, people always ask me who's the better promo cutter, the Rock or Ric Flair. And I think Rock's promos are a tad bit better, but they couldn't exist without the shit Ric Flair was doing. The mm-hmm. shit Ric Flair was saying in his promos, Ric Flair told this, he said, Listen, ladies, none of you can be first, but a whole lot of you can be next. <laughs> he said that on television. He was he was arguing back and forth with Jimmy Garvin on, on on the wrestling channel, and he took off his shoes. He said, "Jimmy, my shoes cost more than your house." I said, "Damn!" What? I said, "Damn!" Like you know, Flair, he he used to call sex, or he used to call his his metaphor for orgasms was Space Mountain. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he told some woman in the audience, you're going to love me. Once you get to Space Mountain, you're going to be like this, and just collapsed on the floor. <laughs> and I mean, it was just a time tag wrestling was at an all-time high. I mean, in the 80s, just hold, just give me a second here. You were introduced to Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage, the Road Warriors, Ric Flair, the Horseman, Sting, Lex Luger, I mean, it's just a plethora of names. Andre the Giant. Just, mm-hmm. uh, 
Like, Andre the fucking giant, the the selling stock of wrestling. Ultimate the Warrior. Attraction of wrestling. You know that man went like 17 years without losing a fucking match? And it makes perfect fucking sense because who believably can beat a giant? Mm-hmm. And then so, to take one in that in that WrestleMania where the first thing to do was for all of them to gang up just to throw him out of the ring. Yep. Because <laughs> we gotta take out this guy before any of us can win. Right. Everybody's like, oh no, like he gotta go. Andre yeah. the giant, man. <sighs> now, do you I think that, that would would some of that 80s wrestling fly today? Because you also have characters like the Iron Sheik. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, listen, man, so facts, America. The Eddie, they are wrestling, they're shit in the 90s that could never work no more. They were saying, suck it on television. Triple H was making women take off their shirts on camera. How in the 2000s, there was a goddamn wrestling stable called Crime Time and another one called Mexi Cools, and they came out on lawnmowers. <laughs> There's a lot of shit in 90s wrestling. Oh, my God. Stone Cold drank beer and assaulted women in the same five-second period mm-hmm. on national television. Mm-hmm. In the Black 2000s. But two, 90s, Jesus. In the in the early two, late 90s, early 2000s, there was a, the, a Japanese tag team that would come out and, like, be speaking in their native tongue, but it would be, like, voiced over in English, like, yeah, there's some problematic shit that happened. Oh, in, yeah. In the rest right. of the I don't know about this. This might be a deep dive, but do you remember or have you ever seen, because you might be a little young for it. Um, I saw it as a kid. I'm a little older than you. But there was a WWF cartoon. On Saturday yes, it was. Rock and Wrestling. You, so you saw that one too? That had all the same characters on there, but they were like, you know, solving crimes or whatever and being yep. superhero-ish. So... Well, yeah, Captain, I love that. Captain, do all I still have the VHS. You have it on VHS? Yes, I do. You because I record my parents recorded it or <laughs> <laughs> oh, it doesn't have hours and seconds, hours and minutes. It has feet of tape. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta rewind it for the back if you ain't got the VCR. Mm-hmm. Uh staying on this on this nerd level that we have now reached in this show. That's why it's called words and shit. We're going to talk about all sorts of shit. Um, for quick, quick answers, rapid fire. Okay? okay. Don't need any explanation. Just give us your thoughts and then maybe we'll deep dive on one of them. One best Superman portrayal in a show or cinema. Oh, you can't. Okay. Two in the kind of times that we are living in right now, who would be the better bad guy with a savior accomplice? The post-Lois Lane police state Superman, Thanos, or Magneto? Magneto. Okay. Three. Was Xavier a good guy or secretly an egomaniac using the X-Men? Secretly an egomaniac using the X-Men. Malcolm X. All day. And, <laughs> and then four. Fuck your Aquarius star sign. Who's your favorite X-Men? Gambit. Okay. Nice. Okay, I um, why well, I have to ask. We have to deep dive on the gambit. There you go. <laughs> because most people, because the real answer is Wolverine, but I don't want to be cliche. <laughs> <laughs> now, gambit, uh, comic gambit, uh, uh, movie gambit, or '90s cartoon gambit. I don't, I don't think we've had a movie gambit. Watch your disgusting mouth. We had a movie gambit. Wolverine. That, that oh. terrible Wolverine movie. That was don't terrible. Yeah. That. Nobody yeah. likes that. Um. 90s cartoon Gambit, the goat of Gambit. Mm-hmm. I was just watching an episode, the episode of uh, in season two where he goes uh, back to New Orleans to save his brother, mm. and he was with this crew of, called the Thieves, and his the, his ex his ex fiance was with this crew called the Assassins and shit, and the X Men came there to go save him and shit, and he takes Shorty out, and she had this ring, she gave him this wedding ring that like controlled him. He took that shit off, and she was like, "Remy, don't leave me." He said, "Leave you? I'm an X Men share." I said, "What?" <laughs> that nigga Gambit, and even Rogue was looking like, "Damn, he just got me wet." Like this nigga. <laughs> God, 
Yeah, you know that she know that giving him pussy could kill him, and she still wants you. Uh, <laughs> God damn. Uh, I guess same question then for like what you wanted the answer to be: which Wolverine, comic book Wolverine, '90s cartoon, or movies? Comic book Wolverine, man. Comic book Wolverine, man. Different level. I'm talking about comic book Wolverine that went against Deadpool. There was this series that came out in like 2014. It was called Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, where Deadpool was the ugly, Captain America was the good, and Wolverine was the bad. And the three of them teamed up to stop like this biological mutant warfare. That Wolverine. Mm-hmm. That Wolverine. Wolverine in the issues where they 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 use like his blood to clone this woman, but like her wooden claws and everything. And in this issue, it was basically X X2. It was X2 mixed with the first Wolverine movie, this issue I read. Um, <laughs> he, like, jumped in a helicopter and just, like, started stabbing niggas up. And have that, that, that's my Wolverine. Wolverine in the old man Logan graphic novel who, spoiler alert, kills all the fucking X-Men because of Mysterio. That's my Wolverine. Yeah. Comic book Wolverine all, all day. All right. Right. Well, I would say my little nerd heart is very full right now. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for spending this time with us. I really feel like we got to know a lot about you, both in your, your poetry world and just your what makes you happy world. So uh, thank you so much for spending this this hour with us. Chakra, if you don't mind, if you could please just close us out with one more poem. Bet. That's the name of my life book, One More Poem. He's too loud. He has so much... Energy, but he sounds so ghetto. I don't consider him a poet. It can't translate on page. He's all pain. Spoken word doesn't need him. I was trained in the art of humility. I recognize these stanzas and soliloquies of a God-given ability, and I should be thankful that people are even mentioning my name. But I swear to God, you niggas is killing me. I sound too hip-hop to get my literary rights, but I'm still the pick of the litter where he writes. Something that fails to ignite the conscious, what would you prefer? That I simplify and synthesize my sentence size and give you stories as gory for me to memorize when I remember eyes. Staring at me the way wolves glare at anything with flesh. Way before my house fire, I learned to breathe with new lungs. Had my oxygen threatened or Baltimore corners where ciphers turned gruesome. Told me I was nuts to be out there, so I grew someone to got battle. So the winner gets to live, and I'm still here, so I guess you know who won. Before I first said I want to slam... I had a knife pulled on me. He said, give me your bread. I dropped that nigga on his head. That's the first time I want to slam. Sorry. I don't get jealous of poetry. Sorry. I'm just replying to poets who try me. But in 2019, I lived through my brother dying. The cords connected to his arms couldn't save him. So I don't know envy, but I know ivy. Poison coming out of his body till he became a plant. And when he passed, I took it in vain. Irony, the reason he passed is because he took it in vain. You think my poems don't correlate? I'm at the poor relate to this sort of faith. This is how I translate God. So my core is faith. And usually I ignore the hate. You write poems to express your emotions. So to your feelings, you're innate, but lack the raw and real. So don't ask me why I'm pissed when I'm a 10. You're innate. You think spoken word doesn't need him. Don't you know poetry will lose its power if you took black out with dope lines? You know I'm potent. New poem, show him focus. Show devotion that he can't write talk. Kill that. I'm the one who brought the ill back. Scoliosis. Don't you know this universe owes me? I came up barely trusting the niggas who know me. I'm talking dodge and shootings at video shootings. The chopper could have killed him like Kobe. I was in a hole of hurt, and I broke my way out. This poems be my Bible. Your stage is my freedom papers. Your applause is replacing the gunshots tatted on my memory. Don't ask me why I murder ink. Before you think to replace me, I rip the skin off my skull and put it onto yours. So before you deface me, you got to face me. Any acclaim I've gained to my name is because I've walked through flames. Don't you fools know? Audiences love pain, and I'm made of it. Baltimore gave me this crown of thorns, and I made it fit. Heavy is the head that waits for the bullet to splatter my pain all over a notebook. Now tell me, how well would that translate on page? So I'm Black Chakra, a.k.a. Waka Chakra Flames, a.k.a. Silk the Chakra, a.k.a. Chakra Khan, AKA Chakra Namakon, AKA Chakra Style, Shock Shock Chakra Style, AKA Nomad Black, AKA Chakra 316, AKA Chakra Omega, AKA Cactus Black. Y'all know what it is, motherfucker. I love your mama, but she don't love you enough.
act is black. Oh, wait, I can't. I'm not sure. Cactus black. I cannot. I I live. Oh my god. Uh, shout out to McFoley. Thank you. Thank you. This has been the nerdiest uh, words and shit I think we've ever had. That it is pretty nerdy shit up here, but like, no, this this is. I mean, we've got props and everything on this one. <laughs> this, this is just what my apartment looks like, you know. <laughs> Shout out to my nerdy niggas. Like all y'all out here, be like, women don't like nerdy men. Listen, I have I have Power Ranger toys hanging up in my room, and it has not stopped my flow of vagina. <laughs> you heard it here first, America. <laughs> Power Rangers will power up that game. I, I want y'all to know that I'm working on that too. I want my own Power Rangers show. I want a Power Rangers nigga force. All right. I'm my new station. It's called Nickelodeon. <laughs> got cartoons like Sponge Jack Low Jeans. Fairly <laughs> odd. My parents ain't got no job. Um, <laughs> ah, real niggas. Are you afraid of the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never like say any of those things. That is a chapbook waiting to happen. First of all, (laughs) yes, that's a chapbook waiting to happen. Y'all, y'all, that was Black Chakra uh, joining us for this fantastic hour. (laughs) If you enjoyed what you heard, if you want more, um, go follow him on Instagram, Black Chakra eighty eight. Also, he has a book out. You can find it on Amazon. It's called Black Hero: The Mixtape. Or if you just enjoyed and you want to show some appreciation, send the poet a tip, all right? Cash app, uh, Chakra Black. Um, Just do it, please. All right? Show this man some love. Thank you so much for being here this past hour. This was phenomenal. Thank you. Thanks you, sir. Oh, heart of hearts, super full. (laughs) I'm schwitzing, but it's not (laughs) over. We still got, what, four more episodes this season? That something like that, yeah. Before we break for winter, we have yeah, and we have most of that lineup already. So, <laughs> who's coming up next week, Eddie? Tell, it's 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 a friend, it's a legend, the voice of NASCAR. Uh, I, I think he's got like he, he works for the Carolina Panthers, and he's got like I don't know if it's an Emmy or a Grammy or a Tony or a Timmy. I don't know what he's got. One of those. All right. Uh, but from from all the way from Charlotte, we got blues mm. uh, with us, uh, Morris. Super excited for that. Age. So we are excited about that. That's right. So if you're interested in catching that, please make sure you join us next week here, same time, same place. If you want more information about the initiatives that are being put on by these fantastic organization known as the Blah Poetry Spot or Write Art Out, follow on Facebook, Blah Poetry Spot. Follow on Instagram, Write Art Out, W R I T E A R T O U T. And catch the podcast. Catch. Wherever you listen to your podcast. That's right. This show is now available on podcast. So go listen to it, people. We got some amazing uh, stories. We've been doing this since April, y'all. Yeah. We've been doing this since April. There's a lot of great episodes to go catch. So, uh, and, and follow us on the Twitter and on the Instagram uh, where we have the handle words and shh. Words and we don't want to be secret. They just don't let us put shit on there. All right. So that's what it is. Until next time. That over there was Eddie Vega. And that was Chibiordunia. And this was words and shit. Take care, y'all. Good night, everybody. <laughs>